Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Leo Luna, host of Niners Nation, joins us right now. Hey, Leo, thanks for joining us. He's still talking to him. Now, what, don't, don't, worry, don't talk to Kieran, talk to us. Does he want to talk to us or not? He likes Kieran. Uh, hey, like Leo, Kieran. how are you, mate? Uh, I'm doing excellent. Uh, I, I don't know how I can't be doing any better right now after taking out the one seed. Well, yeah, but did you even see that one coming, the way the, the Packers' defense was playing? I did not see the Packers' defense coming out the way they did. I did expect the 49ers to win this game. I actually had a prediction of 28-24, so I thought the 49ers were going to be obviously 4-4, four for four or at least, you know, some part of that equation in the red zone since the 49ers had a huge advantage over the Packers uh, in the red zone. 49ers had the number one scoring offense in the red zone, and the Packers were in, in the bottom of that red zone giving up touchdowns. But I did not see them coming out and playing the way they did, and that's ultimately why this game was so close and low scoring. Yeah, you must have been very, very nervous when Garoppolo got off to an own five start. Uh, it couldn't have been worse, <laughs> I felt. But the longer you stayed in the game, um, the more it felt like, particularly after that that field goal block, the momentum just started to shift going into halftime. Yeah, um, I don't think he was playing terrible uh, when it when you're looking at his zero for five start because you had the Brandon Ayuk drop the George Kittle drop, the Juwan Jennings drop. So you're looking at three straight drops there by guys who are, are tend to be clutch for this 49ers offense. And uh, for me, it was more so about Jimmy Garoppolo getting the feel of what he's seen uh, defensively because it, it looks like he was a little step slow in the pocket, taking sacks on third downs in total. They had about four sacks given up on third downs. So I, I think that's where it was more so like, okay, Jimmy, let's get this together because – you can only take so many third down sacks when your opposing opponent has Aaron Rodgers on the other sideline. Let's talk about your offense, uh, Debo Samuel. That that man is a beast, but will he be right for the championship game? Uh, 
knowing the player Debo Samuel is, I, I do expect him to be available for the NFC Championship game. If that game had to go another quarter, I probably would have expected Debo Samuel to play that final quarter. But good thing for his part, the game, that was the final quarter, and he didn't have to go any longer than that after that final drive. So, um, like, he was returning kicks late in the game, and he was already feeling it. I, I think a lot of it had to do with that cold weather. When you're in that zero-degree temperature, every hit just feels a whole lot harder than it initially would. Um, I know myself, when it starts getting 50 degrees here in California, my knees definitely start hurting, and I have no professional football player hitting me at that time. So um, I think go back to California, warm up, feel better, and I think Debo Samuel should be a good good to go. Uh, you've got to be pretty impressed with the uh, the confidence of Evan McPherson. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Gould, uh, to kick that uh, field mm-hmm. goal late. He uh, just looked supremely confident. Um, good strike. Looks like he's got a good leg. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, with Robbie Gould, that was kind of one of the, the suspect things coming into this postseason. It's because Robbie Gould has been, ever since he got his newest contract extension, he hasn't been so clutch past 50 yards or even past 45 yards. And then you look back to Dallas, he hit a 54-yarder and, and he made every field goal attempt there. And then he made two field goals last night. And, and the big one, obviously, to win the game, it wasn't just a, a, a short yardage field goal. No, that was a 45, 46-yard field goal that Robbie Gold had to make in those weather conditions. And he's doing a heck of a job there. And to say that, oh, I would predict him to be playing this well in the postseason, I probably wouldn't be on. <laughs> it is 7-11. This is SNZ Summer Breakfast. You're listening to Leo Luna, host of Niners Nation. Of course, the 49ers into the NFC Championship game. Consistency is something they can't seem to find. You come you come back against the the Rams, you upset my 49ers, which I'm still not over, and then you you have to come back from a, the number one seed. What do you think the coaching staff are going to be saying over this next week? The coaching staff is just going to leak the confidence out to the players. It's just remind them it doesn't matter what situation you're in, doesn't matter how many points you're behind, doesn't matter how much time's left on the clock that you'll be able to go out there, fight, give it your all, play that bully ball, play play your football, and tell them that, you know, you'll be all right because look what the Rams are doing. And they were trailing 17-0. It doesn't matter if it was like a home game for the 49ers on the road or not. That's a hell of a team to try and come back down 17 points to. Uh, Dallas, uh, the number one offense in, in all of football, and held back the way they did. It held Aaron Rodgers the way they did. Um, so I think it just leaked that confidence out. Let them know you could win football games in any fashion. So just stick to the script and stick to the basics. You'll be all right. Leo, um, I just want to know if you've checked in on one of your Twitter followers, um, Alex Rose. Uh, I see you, you commented <laughs> that you'll shave your beard off if the 49ers win the game, and he said it'll cut off his manhood. I just want to know if he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he said he said he's working through it. He says he'll be fine. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's something that I would never put on the line myself. Uh, yeah, the but, beard was hard enough. Yeah, hard enough. <laughs> so the beard's gone for the next couple of weeks until that beard grows back in. I'll be on the sleeping <laughs> oh, on the couch, but but, but it has yeah, gone. Manhood, that one, 
Oh, I, I would never, not not even for a Super Bowl. No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> particularly when you use the line, he's working through it. Uh, <laughs> hey, the, this, the, 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 uh, that blocked punt was the uh, first uh, for a touchdown. It was the first in playoff history for the 49ers. But I suppose the most impressive thing that we were talking about earlier on today, and, and Mitch brought this one up, special teams. Special teams was huge. Oh, absolutely. It was huge because... Like we talked about earlier here is the Robbie Gold made field goals, but also the Jimmy Ward blocked field goal. And a lot of that came because of the same guy who blocked the punt, Jordan Willis, who blocked the punt. Uh, he was able to help Jimmy Ward to sneak through to block that field goal because the Packers and in, in their protection, Lowry, number 94 for the Packers, put his arm out to go get to Jimmy Ward. And instead of a hold, a lot of players get caught like holding players and then a the flag gets thrown. Jordan Willis actually did a great job of chopping uh, Lowry's arm down to where he cannot get a finger on Jimmy Ward, and that's what allowed Ward to get through untouched to block the field goal. So a lot of that was great preparation, and Richard Hightower, the 49ers special teams coordinator, has been getting uh, a lot of terrible fan mail, I'll say, this season because the 49ers have not had a good special teams unit. There's times that they look not prepared at all for games. But when it counted most, they looked absolutely prepared. And that's just a little thing right there to where you tell a player, like, hey, this is how they set up their pass protection. If you chop his arm down, I think we could block a field goal mm. here. And that's exactly what happened. Well, that was, um, that was massive as well for Willis after stuffing up that coverage as well to give up all those yards. Um, I guess who, who, out of, who out of today's game would you rather see in the championship? Honestly, being in California, I would rather see the Rams because that's an easy travel game compared to Florida. Uh, you're going across the states at that point, and, and it just gets a lot difficult. Um, but I, I would still rather see Tampa for the 49ers because I think they match up so well. Yes, it is Tom Brady. I understand. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But the guy's 44 years old, and the way the 49ers have their pass rush to, to disguise their blitzes, disguise their coverages where you're throwing off uh, the comeback player of the year in Dak Prescott, you're throwing off the MVP in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I do feel the confidence that they can get to Tom Brady, and I don't think this is the same Tampa Bay Buccaneer team as last year since they are seeing a lot more injuries at this given time than they were last year. Uh, I just like the 49ers' chances in their pass rush to get to the 44-year-old non-mobile quarterback, Tom Brady. So so you're scared of the Rams? Not scared of the Rams. Come not, on, you are. You all. are. You are. Not, you are. You've no, just been saying you want Brady no, in the Bucks. No. Come on, Leo. I, I, I just think it's a higher chance uh, to win than uh, than going playing against the Rams, and I'm always going to lean on the higher chance to advance. Um, Leo, do you have any particular words of condolence for any Cowboys fans who may be on the other end of the mic here? Hey, there's always next year, right? That's, that's oh, the stop. Model. Hey, hey, hey. 25, stop. 25, Just years. stop. Always, Just you know, stop next it. Year, next year is our year. Hey, next but, year is our year. But, but that's, ser- that's, seriously, was it, that was, was it seriously, though, was it their defence that was the, the issue? Cause, or, was it, or was Ezekiel Elliott just not what he has been? I think, I think it goes with the lack of leadership, and that relates to the players as well as to the coaching staff. I was, I was listening to their player interviews throughout the week, and it seemed like um, they had a, quite a bit of arrogance 
to them and it didn't look like a good kind. They had simple questions that they were getting asked in the typical game preparation. And you, you hear guys like Demarcus Lawrence saying, oh, I don't want to talk about the 49ers. I want to talk about my Cowboys. Like, so it just seemed like a little bit of arrogance, a little too much maybe, um, especially on just simple questions. Do you do it every week when you play an opponent and now you just want to, you know, be like that? And uh, the penalties, like it killed them. All season long, they were the number one flag team all year long. It's no shocker that the that the flags came out in the postseason game. And it, Dak Prescott, this is where I say, like, leadership, accountability. Dak Prescott gets asked, and he's about handing the football to the center. And he goes, no, I do that all the time. I always hand it to the center. No, guy, you don't do that all the time. The referee has to spot the ball. And if you actually look at it, since he slid feet first, uh, he's supposed to be down at when he starts his slide. So that was supposed to be at the 28, 27-yard line maybe. They spotted the ball at the 24 with his center. So that's the reason why you hand the ball to the referee so they can get the actual spot of the game. You never hand the ball to your center. So hopefully Dak Prescott moves, learns that moving forward. If not, then it's just complete arrogance with his team. Oh, oh sick arrogance. Way too often here. Okay, does if you don't make the Super Bowl, does Jimmy G survive? Uh, no, no. I think if, if the 49ers make the Super Bowl or if they even win the Super Bowl, I think the 49ers got to get what they can in that investment for Jimmy G because ultimately you did make the trade to get Trey Lance. Trey Lance did it a whole year, and this is going to be the best value you're going to get out of Jimmy G. It's not like this is a, a Rodgers and Brett Favre situation to where you could sit three years. That's that's not it because obviously the common denominator is Jimmy Garoppolo is not Brett Favre to go ahead and start three years or right now what the Packers are doing with Jordan Love and, and Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers where you could sit sit your rookie quarterback or your young quarterback two, three years, you cannot do that with the Jimmy Garoppolo because if you do that next year, maybe he's going to be a free agent. You get nothing, nothing after next season because of his free agency. So you get it now, last year of his deal, and hopefully you could bank out and mm. squeak out a second-round pick. That's, I think that would be the goal. That should be the goal for the 49ers is obviously shoot for a one, but if you get a two, that's a win. Thanks so much for giving us your time. Best of luck in the NFC Championship game against the Rams. You guys as well. Appreciate you having me. Next thoroughbred owners, share the thrill of ownership with your mates. Uh, enter at loveracing.nz slash... The, slash <laughs> what's that? Loveracing.nz slash share the thrill for the chance to win a 10% share of racehorse T's and C's apply. I, I could do with a slash after about three coffees. Uh, time to talk to Clado. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day, Steve and Mitch. Have you, um, have you drained the bladder, Clado? <laughs> Yes. Well yeah. done, mate. Have you got a barbecue yet? I've got the barbie, mate. Do you? Barbie. Oh, mate. So what is that, electric gas or what? Or charcoal? Gas, yeah. No, gas, a little beauty. Two yes. burner. Yeah, she works well. Only two burners. It's a ripper, mate. Yeah. Only, got Only two six burners. weeks too late, eh? Hey? What's that? Only six weeks too late. <laughs> oh, it's probably four or five. <laughs> two burners, though, Mitch. Who has a two burner barbecue anymore? Oh. Obviously, Clado does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I've obviously missed that invite as well, mate. So cheers for that. Thought, oh, thought, <laughs> thought we clicked after our morning session. So okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah, no, come around. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we better talk some racing, then, mate. It's all business between us, eh? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, mate. Look, crack a million nights. There was so much going on last Saturday night. And there was so, like, there's so much going on. CCP, boys get paid, got over 600,000 in tickets. Like 600,000 to bet on those six races in Ellerslie. It was so good, eh? Oh, that was so good. And they've come out with a profit. And we made they some money. With over, they ended up with over 800 in the kitty. And they had a little multi going into the last. They had Dynastics to win the crack a million. Mm. And then Miss Ella just to run top three in the, in the last race. And the top of the straight, she was quids in to run a place. And that clip was for $1 million. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Unfortunately. Well, I, I heard that Michael McNabb had been tipped off that all the cash, the multi was on uh, Babylon Berlin. So he was nervous before the race. That would have been great if that was the case. Well, well Babylon Berlin got up in the previous race for, me, for Michael. and But, um, yeah, she just couldn't quite do it, Marcella. And uh, our punters club, gee, we took a beating early on on Saturday. We went in, we went in a bit hard and early for a seven-hour shift. We started at one o'clock, finished at eight o'clock, and I think we did three bets in the first fifteen minutes. Three one hundred-dollar bets, and they all lost. So we, we had it's not ideal. Six and a half hours to go, and about six hundred dollars left. But, oh no! Oh, but shocking. we got through. Oh yeah, Tainer Walden. He put us on to pin me up to run a place in the last. Yeah, beauty. So it came out and won, so we had about five bucks a place. So the 20 lucky people in the Pundas Club end up with 70-odd dollars each. So that was a real phoenix effort. Yeah, Clato, let's let's start there. I guess, uh, pin, pin me up. What a, what a run. Sam Witherley's been in fantastic form after, obviously, his little uh, layoff, his little ban. Um, but it looked like on the bubbles just got pushed, eh? She, uh, she's she got pu- pushed wide early doors. So oh. you know, kind of got too much hard work at the start of the race, Clato. Yeah, it was it was a it was a terrible watch. It was a hard watch. Uh, drum major kicking up on the inside of it like an eighty to one shot. River played outside drum major, and then Opie was just just trying to get forward. Then they kicked up again, and yeah, poured on the bubbles. His first run over sixteen hundred meters, and it was just too much of an ask for him. Hmm. But he but he, he stuck there for the last couple of bits. But the swoopers, the race was made for the swoopers, and they did. They came, pinned me up, and Carmen line into third. So, yeah, some good runs in behind. Plato, any um, Tutakaka fans out there? Uh, I know there was there was a last leg of my multi, and me and the missus away on holiday watching it at the pub, have, fizzing up for our. That was our forty five minutes away from um, baby girl. <laughs> so Saturday, <laughs> made made her watch Tutakaka for the multi. Um, the, the inside word was. Was right, eh? Last week, she she looked fine, and if she had a bit more luck, she would have been right there. Yeah, well, well, Peter Carker was the, like the journeyman. He's been to Australia, gone round one of Geelong Classic, and went round in the VRC Derby. Whereas on the bubbles, hadn't raced over the miles yet, so he had the miles under him. Peter Carker, he's you know he was like the prize fighter up against the you know, the flash on the bubbles. So I can't believe they opened him at twenty one dollars. The the blinkers went on two to Carker and that always sharpens them up. But yeah, and good info in the morning on the mail run because both Tony Pike mm. said, you know, two to Carker was his best and, and Jamie said, you know, turned me up was a definite top four chance. So 
Yeah, no, so the info's all bucks. there. Jeez, yeah, it was, eh? It was there. Oh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll turn over to uh, the Cracker Millions, mate. Um, I, I, what I want to know, Clado, and it would have been great to, to talk to Jamie Richards as well, um, but what did OPC um, over Fellini to jump on Don Astic? That's the magic of the man, isn't it? Mm. Jamie's trained the last six winners. Opie's ridden five of the six, and he only missed last year because he was suspended. But, oh, boy, didn't he just get this was a lovely run. Just one run going into the truck a million. And you could see when he came out after the spring, and, and she's a very good filly too. But, gee, they just run for Opie. There's just a magic about him. It's just like, you know, Steve McIver in the boxing ring. He's just got that silky <laughs> sort of act, this silky move to get around the ring. Oh, that was such a good call. That was such a good call. Particularly, oh, particularly the last fight, mate. Particularly that last fight, okay? That big Irish yeah, the right. One. The big Irish right dropping Kilgallen in the second. <laughs> <laughs> Just pounded him. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, but, and, and there was so much going on, but, Bevo, because, yeah, this is one of the new sides we talked about. El Manzor, first season sire in New Zealand. And this is going to be boost his, uh, you know, his... Sales average coming up for Cambridge Stud, and ironically, Cambridge Stud they sponsored race three on the card that Elbans Trophy, and they won that was sort of state. Oh, I, I and was, Jamie they, that they ran away with it as well, didn't they? The, the two Jamie Richards trained horse Peritors and and sort of state yes, um, just yep. didn't even look like anyone else was in the race. No, and the beautiful thing was the boys get paid because they got over five hundred thousand. The TAB said, if you did, we'd give you a $50,000 bonus bet. So Luke Kemmies and the GOAT and Ted, they put it out to the community to spend the 50k in race three. So they gave you three choices, and the community spoke, and they came up with sort of state. How good. How good. It was so good. It was just, and it was just buzzing, buzzing right from the word go. So what are, we, what are we trying to get out of TAB next year? We're trying to, if we get to a million in the punters club, uh, yeah, we go, the boys get paid, we're going a $100,000 bonus bet? Just got to go up, don't we? Oh, look, the TAB are going that good. I reckon they should match it. <laughs> yes, Clado. Clip that. Clip that, Joe. We're going to send that. We'll get, we've got that for Paulie. When Paulie comes on a little bit later, so he can pass it on to yeah, the powers that be. Paul will agree. It's uh, Thad's the one you've got to get it past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks for spending some time with us. I know you spent the seven hours in here. You haven't left too much rubbish around the place, which is pretty good. A few cans, a few papers, a lot of Mars bar wrappers. Don't know what's going on there, but it is what it is, mate. Hey, uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts on this one. Have a great day, eh? Hey, will do, Steve. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, so uh, you would know David Latelli, the brown butter yes. man. He, he is an incredible individual. I think in many ways he's a living angel. And, and that sounds a bit sort of over the top, but when you think of what he's has done, he's been a he's been a boxer, he's been all sorts of things, and then he suddenly just looks at his own community and says, you know what? I need to do something. Mm. And, of course, he's got Butterbean Motivation, which is, like you, he's in the, in the gym business. Yep. Uh, in a different sort of way, I'll be blunt with you, because he's, he's dealing with uh, a lot of problems in the South Auckland and sizes mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, but I, it was, what's hit me over the weekend was Dave actually saw the Tongan tsunami and went, mm. you know what, I'm going to do something straight away. Bang. Next minute, 22 pallets of water are on their way to Tonga. Dave joins us right now. Hey, Bean, how are you? 
Morning, team. How's it going? Yeah, mate. So, so when I call, so when someone calls you a living angel, how do you react to that? Oh, yeah. It's tough to take because you know we sort of don't think about it. We just um, do it, but like it feels nice, you know, considering where I've come from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we all know we all know the back the all know the background day, but I, I got to say. When finally the Ministry of Social Development came to the party to give money to to the BBM, for you, how big a win was that in, in recognition of what you're doing? Oh, it was huge, bro, because it's been a, it's been a struggle, as you know. Um, but you know, for them to see and recognise what we're doing and recognise that we're reaching, uh, you know, uh, a group of people that they find hard to, and uh, it was a, it was it was godsend. How, how much? Uh, so five hundred million over two years. Um, how, what do you? Oh, geez. Five hundred thousand. Sorry, five hundred million. Geez, that's that's a bridge. That's a bridge. <laughs> so actually, you'd probably be able to spend that a lot better. I reckon. Um, how, how much? Uh, how much can you do with that, mate? And how much more uh, would be necessary to kind of rectify a few of the situations in South Auckland, particularly with fighting obesity? Look, the 500000 that you're talking about was from the Ministry of Health. Uh, so that was over two years for a program called uh, From the Couch, which mm. is tackling people that with long-term conditions, uh, you know, obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, which is a lot of the population and a lot of our Māori and Pacifica are overrepresented in. So when you look at the, what we've done with next to nothing, the, the impact, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, going to be amazing now that we're going to have some resources. Dave, how hard is it for you to approach people? I mean, I see you've got uh, a lot of the supermarkets on board, you've got business people on board uh, that are just have, have bought into, uh, they've bought into you. How hard has that been to, to grow, to get to a point where now they're going, actually, it's not hard for him to come to the door? Yeah, look, it was really hard at the beginning because I always find it hard um, talking money. Uh, but, you know, when I see the impact and, of what, what, what you can do with money. You know, people say money is the root of all evil, but I don't believe that because with the more money you have, the more people you can help. Um, but before anything comes to work, and, you know, that's what we've done. We've done the work, and now, you know, different corporates like Pack and Save, Food Stuff, New World, and all these people have um, seen the work we're doing, seen the impact, and they've, they've just gotten behind it, you know. It's awesome. Yeah, so the, the, you've sent the water off to Tonga. Who else has jumped on board to help you send some supplies over, over to Tonga? Obviously the terrible situation they're in at the moment, minute. And what's the latest update you've got from Tonga? Uh, look, yeah, I, I haven't got too many latest updates. Like I said, I just saw that. I've got um, uh, someone approach me. And the thing about you know when you're sending stuff over to the islands is that it's hard for a lot of people when you look at what's happened in the past with, uh, you know, even with Samoa, with the funds being misappropriated. So, you know, I've got some people that I trust from ASA Foundation. And the thing is, it's not just about what you're spending it here. It's making sure that over when it gets there, the people don't have to pay any duty, you know, on the containers coming in. So that's mm. what we've been able to do. Um, you know, today I'm meeting Bitsu to send over uh, frozen and refrigerated goods. Awesome. So um, foodstuffs, you know, they jumped on board. They're, they're sending over you know, hundreds of tons of, of, of food. So, so, so it's quite a real thing, the, the, the fear of it not reaching where it should reach. 100%. I've, I've been approached uh, as soon as it happened by, by all these different people, all these different organisations. But 
you know, the people that I'm working with, Upper Foundation, it's not people that I work with when we sent over coffins to Samoa for the measles outbreak. You know, so I know that it's going to get there, it's going to get to the people that need it. Uh, and it is a genuine fear. David, Mitch, Mitch himself is a business owner. He runs, he runs gyms, you run gyms. This current situation, he, Mitch says it's tougher than lockdown. Is it for you? It's really tough because, um, you know, we've got to split everyone into bubbles and all of our trainers and try not to have people do, you know, multiple classes in the day because we just can't risk Like, you know, with us, it's about, you know, with any gym, it's the connection, it's the community that people love. Completely. So, you know, some people want to come to all the classes because that's the only time they're around positive people. Mm. But, uh, you know, we can't let that happen at the moment. We also, our, you know, food bank workers are also the gym trainers, so we, we have to separate them because we can't afford our, our food share to have to stop, you know. So, 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 yeah, so, so, David, with 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 the situation that we're in now in this traffic light system, is it is it creating less demand for the food bank? What what it's done already is um, it's the isolation request. We we with MSD we've gotten support to help families that are in uh, isolation. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it was like as soon as that announcement was made, I checked my email and we had we had some referrals from MSD. So I was out doing deliveries yesterday. How do you how do you get up every morning and do this? Uh, look, my, my it's always about having a why and living with a purpose. You know, my why was it's my family and it was my kids when I wanted when I first started. You know, Stephen back when in boxing, it was the, hmm. everyone hated me, but the purpose <laughs> of my kids wanting my kids back is what drove me. And now it's my people. You know, being that hand up like so, like David Higgins was for me back in the day. You know, give me a hand up, give me an opportunity. Um, we just want to be that hand up for others. Never hated you, bro. Just never, good, never figured you out until we saw the real side of you. <laughs> I, I will always, I'll always remember the day you turned up in Christchurch in, in military kit with your commandos. And uh, wow, I mean, we look honestly. When you look back, it's it must have been a lot of fun at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah it, it was. You know, I understood media um, that Joseph Parker is was the main thing. So the only way I'm ever going to get any chance on the news or people to talk about me was to do outlandish things. I couldn't box very well, so but I could I could talk it up. And I and uh, it, it was fun. It's not fun on my last fight though. I, I remember in the ring you said surely. Oh yeah, that <laughs> was that. I got, I said, There's got to be easier ways to raise awareness. Yeah, get my punch, get punch in. yeah, no, that feeling. Been been there a couple of times myself. <laughs> yeah, hey Dave, you, you you do an amazing job, right? And I know I know you don't ex- uh, expect thanks, but uh, we should thank you because what you are doing is what a lot of people, other people, could do. And I know there are people out there helping you, and I'm sure uh, you would welcome anyone helping just pack pack boxes and the like. But nice job as always, mm-hmm. mate. Uh, keep up the good fight, so to speak, and we'll talk again. Thanks so much, team. If you can help, you should. That's the way you got to live. All right, buddy. Thanks for that, Dave. Let's tell you, the brown butter bean. Uh, he was our McCafe coffee catch up. It's actually, uh, she, you know, my wife says to me sometimes, uh, Where are you going to get coffee? And I'll say, I'll just do the drive through at, at McDonald's. Do you know that? McCafe? It's actually really cool. They make a problem I get wrong. Do you know the thing I get wrong with ordering coffee at those places, though? What's that? Because normally when you go to a normal cafe, a large is what you'd say. Yeah, they're huge, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> la- yes. I'll have a jug of coffee, please. Yes, that would be a McCafe large. Thank <laughs> Thanks very much. No, I didn't really mean that big. So, so when you hear someone like Dave, right? Yeah. Uh, you some you. Does it make you feel like you're not doing enough? Definitely. Like, it does. Eh? I mean, 
it's he's not he's not he doesn't make you want to feel like that. But when you know, I, I look at people that go out. He's very he's very big on um, his Instagram profile, right, and yep. and getting stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching Leo Malloy, who's running for mayor, right. Yeah. And because he got done, I think, for uh, contempt of court a little while back, he, he's actually doing his community service out there. And they're just packing bags, uh, packing okay. boxes. It's awesome. un- But it's unbelievable, right? Mm. And what it, what it highlights is that there's a lot of need out there, right? Mm. And I know it's probably something you're not expecting us to talk about here on, on the SNZ Summer Breakfast, but I thought with – with I know the Fight for Life's coming up. They're going to be announcing yeah. that this Thursday. Dave has, has been around that before. I just thought it was a nice thing to remind people that as tough as it is, if you think it's tough for it, for you right now, mm. there's a lot of people doing it a lot harder out there.